Love black queens with introspective. See the world from a dope perspective. Type that's real heavy on the intellect. Always light on the disrespect. Conversation that keep you engaged. Free speech against the minds of a saving. They can't be the only ones. Now they can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Miss Gale and be your lovely host. To hear the show that you ain't alone. Can't be the only ones. No, we can't be the only ones. A podcast that streams from coast to coast. Welcome to our podcast, We Can't Be the Only Ones. I'm Gail. I'm B. Sorry. <laughs> Elaine. And thank you for tuning in again. And it's been quite an eventful weekend. But before we get started, we're going to do our most favorite thing to do, what we are grateful for. Yes, and today it is my turn to go first, and um, I like to sometimes give a little backstory, but my backstory, um, and the thing I'm most grateful for is, yesterday we actually recorded, so we're recording on a Sunday for Monday now, and last night we recorded, and we did everything, and it was Mongo, and we're talking, and we're talking, and we messed up one time, I think we had to go back in, because uh, one of those voter people called me, annoying me, and a bunch of other things. So we're talking, and I look, and I'm <laughs> like, I didn't say anything, I just looked <laughs> and paused. She was not plugged up. <laughs> exactly. So I wasn't even plugged into the um, the mic. So I basically, I mean, it was a good conversation, nevertheless. And Ryson kept trying to tell her. I think Ryson was, because Alina's not here. She's with her dad, so we'll have to be yeet. But um, um, later in her honor. But the funny, that was funny. So I am thankful for second chances. <laughs> An opportunity oh. to have the same conversation twice <laughs> and true. being able to record it and have the time to record it. So um, know that we we did this twice. Um, so I can't. For, I don't remember what I was grateful for yesterday. Hmm. But today I am grateful for that. I've kind of learned to, to hold my tongue a little bit and be more patient with people, strangers in particular. And I don't know what, I must have that look that people think they can say crazy stuff to me in the store. Because I, I was in Target today and a lady implied like I'd cut in front of her when actually I had not. And, you know, I, and, and people say things in a way that I think they want you to pursue it. And, you know, I just didn't. I smiled at her and said, well... You didn't pick up what she was putting down. Right. If you learn six feet, maybe, because she was not practicing the six-foot social distancing. She's right on top of everybody. So I, I'm, I'm grateful for learning to adapt to situations and hold my tongue 
and be more patient with people and more generous because I think people learn more from that than antagonistic behavior. Maybe. I think some people do need that. <laughs> I was going to cuss. Some people do need, you know, and, and sometimes uh, I think a little they do. word, you know, slap every once in a while. I don't condone violence physically, but um, I mean, unless you're into that. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we didn't come to blows at Target. No, today. no, no. Yeah, it's not on the news. It would have to be consensual. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it happens. It so happens. I, I was, I was, I walked out, and and I got a lot of stuff done today. I'm very, including church and everything. I got a lot of stuff done. So I'm very grateful for that. Good. All right. So again, um, this is my week to go ahead and pick the topic. And um, so I guess I'll give an analogy first and then try to break everything down afterwards of this time. So there are a lot of times where we go through life kind of doing the same things that we've always done we make decisions based on decisions we've all we've always done because they're the easiest for us to do and they're the most comfortable as well and sometimes when we're doing these things that you know you don't even think a second thought to you're probably not even evaluating why you're doing it or why you're having or making that decision that you're making because again it's just so snap and a lot of the times we fall into these cognitive biases and what a cognitive bias is you remember because we talked about it yesterday no it's okay. <laughs> so a cognitive bias is basically a judgment error in thinking that occurs when people are processing and interpreting information in the world around them. And they also result from the brain, you know, attempting to simplify your information processing. So again, instead of having to make a decision, let's say, you know, you eat apples is your fruit. You, you you always have an apple. You're not going to look at that kiwi to eat because you've always had the apple. Like, you've never tasted a kiwi, but you're like, no, I'm okay. I'll have an apple. Because, again, the status quo is that you have an apple a day, not a kiwi a day. Now, I remember the status quo from yesterday. Yes. So, but the status quo bias is basically the emotional bias where we prefer to stay the same by doing nothing. So not even making this, this, you know, just staying the way we are um, in a state of inertia. Or, you know, the other one is by sticking to a decision that was made previously. And I think we see this a lot in society where people are like, that's the way things have always been. Yeah, and particularly at work. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, um, that's crazy if you're a company and saying that's the way it's always been because you're going to fall behind. But I don't feel like giving free game with that right now. But, 
But, you know, the way that things have worked is the way that you've always done it. And sometimes when you're doing that, it's not to your benefit in doing the thing that you're doing because it's the safe and the easy decision to make. And it's worked out in the past and you're familiar with the outcome. But as we all know, 2020 is the year that we don't know what's going to happen. So whether or not you're ready for your status quo to remain the same or shift, we're going to take a pause. I'm going to put some, give us a, no, you don't have to do that. I'm going to play some elevator music right now in the meantime. <laughs> Until Gail gets back. No, I'm stuck. Alright, I'll just put elevator music here. It's fine. <laughs> Alright, I'm back. Okay, you can put it back on. I'm cooking honey glazed chicken so our audience news and the oven went off. Alright, so we're back. Um, Gail was pulling something out of the oven. Um, but back to the status quo, basically that's what that is. And, you know, it's very hard to want to shift or shift or change things up because they just feel so comfortable to us. And then, you know, added with the fact that there's another bias that kind of like plays on that, which is the loss aversion. You know, we're loss averse as a people, like just humans in general. Our gains don't feel as good. Our gains feel good when they occur, but our losses feel worse than our gains ever could. Right. You gave the analogy of losing a hundred dollars and finding a hundred dollars. Yes. So think about if you were to lose, you know, the, the feeling of, gaining $100 that you find on the street. Of course, anybody's going to be happy for that. Yes, you will be so happy you found that $100. But if you lose $50, yeah, it it just kind of breaks. You're at the world. Yeah, it breaks your heart in a way that gaining that $100, that elation, you know, so we're kind of wired to be loss averse and so we as a people we're not willing to give up what we believe is ours but i think fear plays a part in that too yes loss aversion and we're we are afraid but no we're afraid to fail or to look like a failure or to look incompetent Mm-hmm. Like sometimes on the job, you don't want to do it another way because I got this other way down pat. Mm-hmm. And what if I'm not competent now? My boss will see me or my, you know, subordinates will see me not being the sharp person that I profess to be. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes trying to learn something, people just have an aversion to it almost. Like, no, I'm okay. I don't need to do it that way. Well, that kind of rules into like the sunk cost fallacy. So that fallacy is that we just continue to do something because of how much we time we've invested in it, where there's like time, money, effort, whatever. So it's hard to let go of even getting to something new 
when you've invested so much of your time learning Internet Explorer that you're like, what do you mean Google? You know, like, what do you mean Firefox? I've spent so much time doing this that I don't want to do the other one. Like, it doesn't make sense. So sometimes part of that failure is that I think there's so much you put into perfecting, quote unquote, because some of y'all still sorry at what y'all do. But <laughs> she doesn't know. I do. <laughs> I do. But there's so much time and effort that's put into this that you're just like, how do I let go? You know, how do I let go of something that I've invested so much time? So now when I let go of it, I've lost somehow, some way. But you've actually gained because it's sort of like the information that you put in your brain is never lost. You always will have it. And if you add to it, it's sort of like adding more to the bank. That's how I look at it. And I, and I also feel compelled to be competitive. And I don't mean competitive as I'm going to win no matter what. Competitive with others. And, and in my situation with young people, I mean, I, I really like it when I whip out my little cell phone and they're like, look at you with your little note knowing stuff and how to find stuff and do things. They're like, look at you. And I, I, to me, that's a win. Yeah. You know, as opposed to if I were to pull out, if not even go that far back to a flip phone, but just pull out a little smaller version. Like a Nokia that you can still play Snake on. Yeah, and some of them that these, I don't know, what is it, that phone that for AARP, and oh my lord, everybody knows it's a phone for like the elderly. It's like almost embarrassing. <laughs> could you could you like make it a little more spiffy or something? I, I just think, you know, like a planner today or and this the the pastor at church, not our lead pastor, but his son, has said this twice, and I'm gonna text him tonight. Tell him not to say this again. He tells us the calendar that's coming up. Get your, you know, get your phone out so you can write these things down. Um, he said, and for those of you who are, you know, old people, you know, you probably have a planner. Excuse me? And his wife checked him today. She said, I have a planner. Were you old people? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not feeling that. Just because I have a planner don't make you old. You know, I think, but that's how people categorize certain things. And if you don't want to see, that's why you see old women still wearing them short skirts when they really, the legs have gone out. Now I can, but sometimes. I don't think, I think here's, when it comes to what people wear, I don't care what you wear. I don't care what size you are. I don't care how old you are, whatever, whatever you want to wear, whatever makes you happy. But some things are age appropriate and they're not. At the same time, if it makes you happy and that's what you choose to do, I don't care. Do that in the privacy of your home. No, you can do it outside <laughs> and let the whole world know. Because I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I'll tell you something right now. You're going to be that old person. I will. Oh, yeah. I will definitely be that woman who gets, you know, her tatas are out and everything else. I will just be that. I will always wear me some coochie cutters and I'm going to be okay. That is me. 
So okay. it is what it is. It is what it is. Alina about to be grown in a little bit. I'm going to be 40, but I'm going to be 40 in a five. But anyways, we're off topic. <laughs> that was Gail. Sorry. I just had to like represent. I had to represent. But <clears throat> nevertheless, back to the sunk cost fallacy. You know, a lot of the times we put effort and time and energy into our wardrobes, into the things that we do, that again, being able to lose that part of you or lose that or change it is sometimes hard for people to even want to let go or to reconcile, let go, because that loss, even if it's a loss of like youth, a loss of, you know, your car, whatever it is, it's just going to always feel so much worse that you don't want to lose it between these. But don't you think you need to have a sense of self-worth, a, a, a strong sense of, of positive self-worth to make you want to try new things as well? Um, I think like everything we do is a muscle. So sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. I think because no one... I don't think people go from having no self-worth to having it. No, that's I think true. That's I think true. you have to try to say, okay, little by little, I'm going to move along the way to that point in view. Now, it might not be easy or it might not happen overnight, but I think chipping away or at least knowing the foundation of why you may be moving the way you're moving makes more sense because then you can kind of like counteract your thoughts. Okay. You can counteract your thoughts and then maybe that will open up another door. You know what I mean? Or, you know, lead you to another level. I think it's part about leveling up. And I think based on how these work on, yeah, if you're on the stairway to life and you're on level 50, you're probably good at 50 because it's comfortable but you don't want to go back to 45 but you don't want to attempt to go to 60 either yeah so you so you stay it's like a cracker you become stale you become stale so i think that's part of what it is it's just again moving along because i think where we are in life kind of was a move along thing and I think people sometimes make you feel, make, want to make you believe that they're really moving along or the place that they're at is the optimum, is the best. You don't want to go past this point in life. Just stay right here with me because it's fabulous. Now, that leads to the principle of dual entitlement. Do you remember what that one is? No. Okay. <laughs> So the principle of dual, dual I one out of three. So. Yes, we're getting there. Um, the principle of dual entitlement, which was developed by Richard Thaler and some of his colleagues, basically states like if we're engaging in a relationship or something or an idea, whatever, um, with another person, entity or whatever, we both have some sort of. Um, it's most of the time it's unspoken rules of who you are to me and who I am to you. Okay. So 
because there are rules yeah but we don't like unspoken unspoken it's just an agreement that i am entitled to x y and z of your time your space your energy and you're entitled to x y and z of my time space and energy for the most part with every single person we deal with we have that and again most of the times we're not saying this is what i want from you this is what you want from me it's just but by nature of interacting with human beings, we develop these roles. Oh, I remember now, because yesterday your example involved having a relationship Wait, with someone. Wait, let me Yes. And I said, I don't. Okay, go ahead. Yes. So <laughs> when you're asked, up. yes. So when you're asked to give up one of those things or somebody changes that status quo, you're like, well, what are you doing changing the world rules about the way we do things so it's basically like i feel there's a mutual agreement as to how we react or um care or feel about one another or interact with one another and the moment somebody takes that away you feel that loss like we always meet on friday nights to have pizza and now suddenly you want to go to italian restaurant yeah (laughs) yes so it's, it's just one of those things and again some of them have to do with relationships too that, you know, I think as we age and as we get older, um, I feel like not everybody grows. Some people are okay with that relationship that you built with them in the beginning because that's what it was. That's how it was. This is the way things have been. And, you know, here you go switching the rules up about how we interact with each other and now i'm feeling lost and i i have a loss aversion that i'm feeling because i'm not gaining quote unquote anything from this i don't want to change my status quo and meet you where you are or you know i'm upset that you change things and on top of that i put in x amount of time years experience doing that so it just shakes it up when one party is like, you know what, I'm going to shake this up. But I think that party should. Well, but they're shaking it up for themselves, not necessarily for you. If it's a friend zone or not um, a male-female marriage or something like that. Because I think, and I think I said this yesterday, there are times I think of my life as a sitcom mm-hmm. and there are some people that, you know, they hung around too long. They really, and I, I'm keep trying to drag them back into the sitcom when in, in, in they, it was their time to go. Yeah. And cause they have other things to do in their sitcom. Cause we all are in my world. We are all living our own sitcom mm-hmm. and we're the star. Yeah. So the star dictates who's in, who's out. And sometimes people come in and they're disruptive. Like you say, they're changing things around, moving the furniture, this and that. And if you let, if you sometimes just take a breath, let it happen, stand back and go, this isn't bad. I kind of like the way this is. Yep. Instead of like, oh, wait, I'm, I'm used to that being in that corner. What's going on? I mean, I, I think it even goes further. Sometimes your best interest is everyone else's best interest. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like a lot, if we were to speak about this in a macro level as a societal issue, the issues, if we were to live by the status quo that was most comfortable and most popular at the time, black people would still be slaves. Yeah. If we there wouldn't people have who went outside the box. Yes, if we did not have, we wouldn't have the right to vote. We would still be used in chattel slavery as servants, um, in a, in a lot of different ways. And even now, with the fact that we're saying the way policing work does it, it does not benefit us. Yes, whatever has happened in the past has happened, but we want out of this. And this this relationship that we have yeah. with policing, mm-hmm. that we have with nationalism, that we have with sexism, that there are a lot of things that, again, sometimes you have to shake up the status quo because it does not benefit you. It does not. And it only benefits one person. And I think if we were to look at the power dynamics, Again, there is a loss that those in power, quote unquote, feel like if we even this out, who will put these Negroes in their place if not the police who sanctioned to put them in their place? If we can't build this wall around this community to keep them out, they're going to come and be around us and shake up the way we live our lives. And we can't have that. And what I like about that is if you look through history, there was always a consistent group of people assisting Mm -hmm. whatever group it was who was disenfranchised, whether they were covert, out in the open, they were always a group of people assisting. So even though people who are saying, let's build a wall around their community, there's somebody inside that community is going, I'm not liking that wall. Yeah. Huh. So when they build it at night, we're taking some bricks out. Yeah. <laughs> so the wall collapses. And even now, I don't think they realize that, and that's on both sides though. They're on both, there's, there's going to be people who are positively trying to move things along to a better place. Mm-hmm. And there's always going to be and, and a negative, and that's going to be in both camps. Yeah. And I, I think people sometimes don't acknowledge that, that yes, we have some people that are supposed to be with us that really aren't. Yeah. And you, you have to watch for that because what you really want is to try out the change. How can we change it to be to make it better? And yes, it's uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's where we are. And I think I've said this maybe to some people that if we can live in this world as we know it, that these white men imagined some 400 years ago about this is the world that we want to live in, and we all know to a varying degree and our ancestors have known to a very degree that we are living in a world that doesn't reflect everyone. And if we can abide by those rules and we can keep going in that way, the opposite holds true. 
And the opposite is to radically reimagine the world you want to live in and do that as a coalition so that we can say this white rich man world doesn't benefit me. How do we get it so that everyone wins? Because that's the biggest shakeup. That is the biggest shakeup. Everyone wins in whichever way or everyone at least has the bare necessities. You yeah. can, we can do that. Even if that is the case where it's like, you know what? You just want to live this life. That's it. You don't want to do all this stuff. You don't want to live a grand life. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't, you shouldn't know where your next meal is coming from. And that doesn't mean that you should have to work three jobs to minimum wage job to live. So how do we reshape the world of the status quo? And part of it is, you know, you know, when you're thinking about the changes that you want to see, I think a lot of us should take a moment to be a little bit self-reflective. You know, think about, hey, if I did not live, I'm going to go societal and then personal. If I did not live in the society, if I, if I was an alien, just passing by, and didn't know anything about Earth besides what's going on right now, and you peered in and you took seven days, because a lot happens in seven days in 2020, and you say, I'm going to just, you know, be an anthropologist and take a look at what's going on here. Don't know anything about it. Would you stay? Would you want to live and say, you know what, this might be something that I want to pursue on a societal basis. They look like they're cool people. That orange man isn't that bad. Like, <laughs> Yeah, probably they wouldn't stay anywhere. You wouldn't stay because it just wouldn't benefit. It looks like chaos. Thank you. And then on top of it, even on a personal level, some of the ideas that we hold on to, some of the people that we hold on to, if you knew nothing about that and you just said, I don't, I don't know this individual, your partner, and you say to them, you know what, if I met him yesterday and he was the same person that he is today, he presented me this person, his full self without that lying that people do in the beginning, would you partner with this person? And if the answer is no, it's okay for it to be no. Now the decision is, where's your sunk cost at? Are you going to say, well, I spent 10 years with this individual. I know him. So on the opposite of it, you're, we're thinking about what we can lose when sometimes there's so much to, to gain. gain. And it's really easy to always reflect after the fact. That's the easy thing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't take a lot. You can just live with it, suffer through it, or make the best of it. But the real goal, I think, in life is to live your best life. I think God created us not to just exist. Because if that was the case, he could have just kept it at animals and moved on with his day. The fact that we well, are, animals are loving towards one another. So well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He could have kept it at animals and been happy. Well, we are animals, but okay, we're not going to go there. But we are. Um, 
And I think he created us so that we can live the best possible life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just, and, and I know it's easy when you're sitting in a nice home and you have all the plucks of the world or choices and you got a ride, you got this, you got that, you got more than one outfit to wear, a closet full of clothes. That is so freaking easy to say. And when, but even when you don't have all of that, mm-hmm. and you're just living bare necessities, almost hand to mouth kind of thing, do you want to carry someone in your life that's not really helping you, or you are not really helping them, or an idea, or something, yeah. something that moves it forward to yeah. another uh, more positive moment, even? Some, it's moment to moment. If you can link all the good moments together, you might get to a better place. Yeah. And I think the fear gets in the way, as you had mentioned earlier. I think the loss, feeling like, what do I do? How do I rebuild? How You know, because sometimes shakeups, and I, I can talk my crap because I shake things up often. I'm not afraid to be like, I don't think this works for me anymore. And I'm done. It's, just, it's that to me it's that simple where I will scan certain things and be like you know what let me switch it up a bit let me change it up a bit so there are times but again sometimes the lessons they're so habitual that in the scheme of it especially when it comes to long term an ideal belief you've held since you were a child it's hard to let that go. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not to say that it's the easiest thing to do because quite frankly, your mind will go ahead and make the decision for you. It's like, girl, keep going. You know, like, why are you spending so much time figuring out if you're going to leave that man? You know, stay, stay. You know, why do you think that, you know, you're not going to be able to do what you said you're going to do. Don't do it. And it's funny. Um, you speak of like in, for you at your age to just jump and do and change. Sometimes I feel like I'm so outside of the box of my friends because many of them have said to me, you just jumped up and moved here. You just jumped up and moved there. I mean, I moved to Georgia, didn't know a living soul. Moved to Florida, I didn't know a living soul. And I, I'm not sure I can... If I have how many more of those I have in me, because they do drain you. They Mm -hmm. do take a lot from you. And yes, you gain. I mean, I have friends now in both places that you are one in particular that are just their lifetime friends. Mm -hmm. But it still takes you have to be able to look at you and do it. Just you. You can't do it because somebody thinks yeah. it's a good idea or somebody else has done it. And wow, look at what happened to them because your circumstances are going to be yours. Yeah. You got to just take the bullet and say, I, I'm going to jump. Yeah. And however the fall ends, you got to find the pluses in it, rejoice with them and keep moving. Yeah, change isn't, I mean, there's a reason why the butterfly goes into its cocoon, 
you know, before before it comes out of butterfly and does the metamorphosis, which is the change. I mean, we we're not quite sure what goes on in there for that butterfly to become for it to go from being a larvae to cocooning. We don't know, and I'm pretty sure you're it it gains wings. And I'm pretty sure that's not the most enjoyable thing. Yes. I'm I'm pretty sure I've never been a butterfly. Maybe I have before, but <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> I might have been a butterfly in a past life. But at the same time, like I'm pretty sure that it's uncomfortable. It's not like, but it still needs to make the change. I was uncomfortable. It's scary. It's frightening. It's all of those things, but I mean, uh, I've lived in places I never thought I would live. I've done things I never thought I would do. I'm afraid of heights and I parachute jump. Yeah. I mean, there are just things that just seem insane, yet you've done them. Yeah. But you've got to just take a leap. Don't allow the status quo to tie you to the rock of non-movement the invisible rock the invisible rock the rock that you're tethered to that doesn't exist you know like again i'm not telling everybody to shake their lives up but what i would say is you know back to last week when we talked about journaling you know Practice self-reflection if you can. You know, sometimes it really is hard to sit with yourself. Um, But if you're not going to sit with yourself and challenge yourself and challenge your thoughts, then think about the people that you have in your life who basically are a reflection of you. They mirror themselves on you. Um, What are you doing? You're just letting life happen to you? And particularly if you're an older person, I think you owe it to those younger people that are around you to emulate some type of fearlessness. Mm -hmm. Because if you're bottled up in fear and you can't move from the spot you're in and they think, wow, maybe that we shouldn't. Maybe that's wrong to think that without you ever saying yay or nay. Mm -hmm. Because... People will look up to you or look down to you. Either way you go with this. Yeah. So I, I think you kind of owe it to those around you to to be the best part of you. And at the same time, it will help you to enjoy your life so much better. Yeah, because you you know, I think part of it, at least I'm going to speak for myself, Part of it is knowing that the decision was mine. Yeah. And not something that society told me that it was okay. My partner <laughs> told me it was okay. Sometimes when it is your own decision, it's like, oh God, that was bad. Yeah, but at the same time. <laughs> but it was mine. <laughs> but it was yours. And I think trusting ourselves a little, a bit more, but in trusting yourself, you, you have to know yourself too. You can't blindly just jump off the, the 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 window and hope to you know without packing a parachute. So you know I think 
knowing what those fallacies are and knowing that they just creep up automatically and so quickly because your mind if you're treating your body well is a supercomputer and it just it runs based on habits it just is kind of a habitual thing the things that we do you know think about your morning routine think about your drive to work if you're driving to work um, think about some of the everyday things that you've done and how you go into the world and the relationships you have. You don't think anything of them, but you're That's there. True. So you're kind of on an autopilot and we are. And I think, you know, everyone should kind of take some time and some moments to really assess the way that they are interacting with the world. And I Take think, a different route. Yeah. Yeah, look at a different perspective. So, I think I'm done. Did, was there anything that you needed to add? Yeah, th- this really helped me because my therapist gave me a, an assignment. Did I help you with your homework? Yeah, sure did. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so I appreciate this. Okay, I got gr- more gratitude. <laughs> Did not. There you go. Well, I guess I helped Kegel with her homework. She's going to get an imaginary gold star next to her name. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, if you liked the episode, please like, please share with other people. Please provide us feedback. Gail, did you create the email yet? Not yet. I'm waiting for you to give me the... No, um... you don't need that. You can just create it. Really? Yeah. I okay. thought you had the... No, you just have okay. to create the email. Okay, I can do that. Okay, so what I'll do, since Gail is going to do that, and that's her homework for now, I'll go ahead and put the email. It'll probably be we can't be the only ones at who knows.com. But... Yahoo. We'll... Yahoo? I don't like Yahoo. I don't like to say You want to do Gmail? Yeah, Gmail sounds Okay, so we more. can't be the... Uh-uh. So the email is going to be, we can't be the only ones. Yahoo's are like, why? What? Okay, I'm trying to do it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Reeling it back in. Thank you. I'm getting back to the status quo. Thank you. (laughs) Now she's deviating. Um, But (laughs) we'll go ahead. And the email is, we can't be the only ones at gmail.com. Um, please share, please like, if you have any feedback that you want to give us, topics, questions, whatever, I guess we want to, I don't know, I'm okay with playing around with the format. So if people do have like questions that they want to ask and we'll, we'll give you like, don't listen to me, but Hey, this is what I would do. <laughs> kind That's, of. Fine. That's fine. Whatever, you know, whatever comes and whatever you guys think that will be greatly appreciated. I have loved the journey so far of creating the podcast. Um, I think it's a nice outlet. I like sharing my thoughts with everyone, Gail, and I'm just Selena right now, but it's been an honor and it's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. Am I dying or something? I don't know. Everyone dies. Like a eulogy. Everyone (laughs) dies every day. We're once we're we're one day closer to death. Okay. Um, Those in our sixties, we're not thinking that way. Ignore her. She's young. She can say that. There you go. (laughs) Um, So as always, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, email us at we can't be the only ones dot com. 
And as always, be safe. Be well. Be easy. And be blessed. And in lieu of Alina not being here, I'm going to find my go. <clears throat> all right bye guys (laughs) have a great one oh my god that was i enjoyed that